Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. All right, let's jump into teaching today. We are right in the middle of a series, getting towards the backside of a series called What Do I Believe? The reason we're doing this series is because I don't know if I've ever seen a time period in the history of our world, but especially in our nation, where we're confused about what we believe. Right? Where, where it's really hard. Like, you, you can ask a question, and people ask me all kinds of crazy questions about, like, when is, is, is the rapture happening? Is it pre-millennial, post-millennial? That's a whole other argument. Like, we get into all kinds of who is Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all these kind of things. And you can Google all that, right? Right? Like, that, that's something we say today all the time. Well, Google it. Right? Ask the Google. And, 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 and the reality is, is you can get an answer for anything. Um, and, and, and so it's so important that every once in a while, you and I come back to the basics. So I've really looked at this series almost like spring training. For those of you all who play ball, spring is about the basics, right? If you're a lineman, you go back to simple blocking skills. If you're a wide receiver, you're running close patterns that you've been running since you were in Pop Warner. And whatever sport it is, you're going back to basics. If you're a soccer player, you're doing simple passing drills. I mean, whatever that is. And so that's kind of what we've been doing this summer. Just a little spring training. Like, what are the basics? What is what is the bottom line of what we believe? And let's understand that. And we've used the Apostles' Creed, which is a creed that was from a, uh, the year 150, right, 150 A.D. It was written as just a summary. So let me read a little bit to you and then get into what we're going to talk about today. It goes like this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. That was week one. We talked about the Father. Creator of heaven and earth, and week two we talked about him as our creator. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And that's one of my favorite pictures. I've said it most weeks. But the reality that as you pray, Jesus is standing next to the Father receiving your prayer request and going, Dad, I remember that. That was hard. That stuck. Like, I love it that my God is not this distant, come on, somebody, this, this, right? But, but he's like, he actually gets it and he's listening and wants to hear your prayers. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. And it says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit, breath of life, the wind in our sails, right? And then it says this, in the Apostles' Creed. This, I changed the word, but the original Apostles' Creed reads like this. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. Now, I just lost about half of you. Right? Because you went, whoa, 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 what's the Catholic thing? Okay, let me explain. Listen to me real quick. The word Catholic is not what you think. The word Catholic is not referring to the Roman Catholic Church. The word Catholic means universal. That's what it means. In other words, I could say this, and this would be a correct use of the word. Most light bulbs are Catholic. Right? They all have that same size. Most of them go into the same, you know what I'm talking about? All that means is universal. So when it says this, it means we believe in the universal church and the communion of saints. Now, before I get any further, I'm going to make a promise to you this morning. Catch this. I'm going to make a promise. And as we talk about the universal church, church today and the 
communion of saints, the, the gathering of people, the fellowship that we do. For some of you, if you'll apply what you hear today, some of you years from now will reflect back to this time period as the time that God began to do something very special. Now, I don't make that promise very often in what I'm teaching, but I promise you, if you apply, and that is not an overstatement, if you apply what we go have to talk about today, you will see fruit in years to come. So let me, let me start this way. Uh, our neighbors, are, we have great neighbors, and they're lawn care people, which is so good for Jen and I. Because Jen and I, we have black thumbs on both hands. Come on, anybody else? Right? Like we tried to do one of those hydroponic systems on our back porch. Spent like some obnoxious amount of money for this crazy thing. It was a tower this big and all this kind of stuff. Man, we killed everything. Who kills kale? We killed we killed everything. Like we could not get it. We finally gave up and gave it away. But anyway, my neighbors do landscaping, so praise God. We give them some money, and they take care of our yard. You know what I'm saying? But, but they were working on our yard, and uh, they found out. They knew I was born in Mississippi, and, uh, and we were talking about trees, and there was this tree in our yard that they wanted to take out, and I really didn't want to take it out because I like woods. But they want a, like, pretty yard. And, you know, if you got too many trees, you have to deal with all the stuff and all. Anyway, so we were kind of back and forth, like, I don't want to take the tree down. And they were like, we want to take the tree down. And I was like, I don't want to take the tree down. And they were like, and so they said, Pastor Mike, what's, what's, your, what's your favorite tree? Like, if you could have a tree in your yard, what would you have? And I was like, oh, a magnolia tree all day long. Because a magnolia is the state flower of Mississippi. And when I smell magnolia, it just smells like home to me. Like, there's just something that happens inside of me, right? So they planted me a magnolia tree. They took the tree down, but they planted a magnolia tree. So this week, I took a picture of my magnolia tree. So this is my front yard, and this is my magnolia tree. Isn't it cute? Now, here's what happened with my magnolia tree. Is they translated this thing, and I've got this picture in my head when I was at the nursery or wherever they bought it from or wherever they got it. It probably had magnolias on it. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And then they transplanted it to my house. Now, we had some blossoms, and it was really cool when it blossomed. We all ran out, and, oh, my gosh, it's awesome. Like, I, and I, I just I love that smell. But it's been months now, and that's what it looks like. I want you to hold on to that story because I'm going to use that today as something to sort of help us to understand a concept about the church, about what the church really is in our lives. You see, over the last 21 years of ministry, I have regularly run into people that have stopped me. I've been a pastor in Leesburg for 21 years. And I have people that regularly stop me all through that time. Pastor, I put out my God. Like, you know, like they let me out. You guys think of pastors, but we have lives like we we drive cars, you know. Kind of, but I, but I see them in Walmart. Oh, Pastor Mike! Oh my gosh! You're like buying pool noodles. You're a real person. Like, and, and they'll say this: I go to your church. I go to your church, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I'm so glad. And in, and a lot of times I'm looking at them, going, I can't pull a name. I can't. You know what I mean? So I'm like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> but most of the time, let me tell you what happens next. Most of the time, what happens next is they'll go, oh, Pastor, um, hey, can you pray for us? And they'll start talking about, man, you know, marriage is struggling, or the kids, you know, man, they're teenagers now, and we're dealing with this. And 
Now let's read the verses before it. Because these are the ones we put on a coffee mug. Are you hearing what I'm saying? These are the ones we're like, yeah, come on, baby. Prosperity gospel, just bless me. I don't want to do anything. Just bless me. Come on. Ephesians 3 and 16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you, absolutely, with inner strength through his spirit. Inner strength. Right? So we're talking about strength, some kind of core strength. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. That's when you say, I give you my heart, and I, and I give you my life, and I want you to be Lord. But look at the next line. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That was the Apostle Paul that wrote this. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt when he wrote this, he was thinking about Old Testament scripture that was already written that he had studied. Let me show it to you. Psalm 92.12. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like the cedars of Lebanon. Now stop, because you might go, what the heck is that all about? Let me explain it to you. Okay, first of all, it talks about a palm tree. What do palm trees represent in that culture? Victory. Right? Overcoming. I don't know if you know this, but in the first Corinthian games, they didn't give gold medals. You know what they gave to the winner? A palm branch. And it was a sign of victory. Let me ask you a question. What did they wave at Jesus when he came into the triumphal entry? Palm branches. What this is saying is, do you want victory in your life? Do you, want to, you will have that if you are, if you're flourishing. It will grow like the cedars of Lebanon. Anybody ever been into a cedar room? You know what I'm talking about? Ooh, that smells good. Right? And they're pretty. And they're durable. Solomon built a lot of the temple out of cedar because he meant it for years to come. So the visual, the picture of what the scripture is saying to us here is, is you'll flourish. You'll be victorious. You'll be durable. You'll be attractive. Right? The aroma of your life ooh, will be good. Right? That, that, this is a picture the scripture is trying to. It says, the, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow, grow like the cedars of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. Can I get an amen from us old people? Come on, old people. Talk to me a little bit, right? right? They will still bear fruit in their old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. Listen to me. Going to church isn't the same as being planted. Going to church isn't the same as being dependent. We go to church, ah, well, when we can, when it's convenient. Oh, man, but it's going to be a really nice day. We just got that new boat, right? Or just, I've had one of those weeks that I just, I need, like, this is kind of going to church mentality. Can I just say this to you? Planted mentality never asks that question. I just tell you, I'm grateful for a legacy in my life. That church was not an option in my house. I don't ever remember asking, are we going to church today? Because I knew the answer. Yes, you're going to church today. I don't want to go to church. I didn't ask you a question, boy, get your butt up and put your drawers on and put something on the mattress. We're going to church. Right? Like that's, and I am so grateful now for that scenario. Now, I'll admit something to you. When Jen and I got married, and, and, and we, it was just the two of us, and I was not in ministry yet. I was like, oh, man, let's, let's just sleep in. Right? And my wife was like, 
What? And I mean, here's the little Southern Baptist girl. You're on this church. You're going to hell through this church. You know, like in her mindset, right? And so I remember we had little battles there about go to church, not go to church. Come on, we've got to be in church. But here's what I'll tell you. When we didn't, I saw the difference in my week. We underestimate what happens in this room every Sunday morning. We underestimate what happens in those rooms with those children. We underestimate what happens at youth group. Or if you're visiting today in your church or your small group or your area, when the church comes together and the Word of God is spoken, we so underestimate the power of that refocusing our lives. So let me say, if I have one point that would be the most important important point of what I'm going to say today that I want to stick with you, it's this. God's church isn't a destination for us to go to. It's an identity for us to embrace. You are the church. This is not a sanctuary. This is a high school auditorium. Now, if we built a building and put stained glass up and all this sort of stuff, I'd say the exact same thing to you. It's not a sanctuary because the New Testament says you are the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. Listen to me. The church, the church just met here today, and the church can meet anywhere. The church is not a building. It's not a destination. It's not a place you go. It's an identity that I embrace. I am the church. And this is where I gather with the church to be the part that God has called me to do. So let me ask you. Let me ask you just rhetorically. You can kind of answer internally. Are you going to church or are you planted? Are you going to church or are you planted? Church is not a place to go. It's a place where we plant ourselves relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. Relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. And we live in a culture that has dramatically devalued being planted. All right, so I'm, I'm going to preach a little bit today. Is that, that all right, y'all? Like, I typically consider myself a teacher. I do here's a little theology, here's some practical. But the Holy Spirit just told me I had to preach today. So just... just Bear with me on this one, all right? But listen to me. We have gotten a culture that, that we don't we don't say things like, oh, yeah, my grandpa, he worked down at the mill for 47 years. You don't hear that anymore, do you? No, matter of fact, what I hear, and no offense, I don't mean to offend anybody here who's in the millennial generation, but what I do hear from millennials is, I can't imagine doing something like that for that long. Listen to me. That's a cultural shift that is not their fault. It's been taught to them, but they've eaten it up, and now they're regurgitating it. And some of us are as well. That we don't value the reality of what it means to stay somewhere, to grind, to be planted. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Right? It takes a long time to get fruit. Is there anyone here who's ever planted something like planted from a seed, came out the next morning and ate the fruit? then why are we expecting that in our lives? Then why do we expect, if we come to church for one month in a row, that there's going to be fruit? Do you hear what I'm saying to you? The the reality of this is you, you flourish. Every time, listen to me, we change a job. Every time we move. Every time we change churches, etc. I need you to hear something. I learned something because I was worried about my magnolia tree, y'all. Right? So I did a little looking up research. 
Do you know that when you transplant that tree, when they transplanted my tree and brought it to my front yard, it lost 70 to 90% of its root system? Every time you transplant a tree or something, it loses between 70 and 90% of its root system. No wonder that sucker's struggling. Right? No wonder, like, I'm going, come on, bring me a flower. And he's down there going, I'm starving. It's going to take the tree a little while, right? It's going to take that tree a little while to put some roots down, to get some water, to get some nourishment, get to the point where it can blossom a little bit. None of us plant a big tree, an apple orchard, oranges, whatever, and expect to come out the next morning. And yet, listen to me, I feel like we seem to do that spiritually. We're playing the lottery with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like there has to be a relationship that's established. It's amazing to me when I do a, a celebration of life with seniors for, for an older person. Because you'll hear them, somebody will get up and go, yeah, we were best friends for 48 years since we were children, right? And you hear this root thing. Listen to me, and I and especially want to kind of preach at the younger generation here. Like, let's say 40 and down in this particular area. Don't be so quick to transplant everything. Don't be so quick to move and go for the next thing. Right? What's the best way to, to get a raise? Get another job. It's really the best way. Find a job that pays more. And then what happens? I'm going to transplant myself and put myself... Are you hearing what I'm saying? But when you get there, you've lost 70 to 90% of the roots that you have. What does that mean? That means there's going to be a time period where you lay dormant, not producing anything, while you try to reestablish something in your life. Are you, you guys hearing what I'm saying to you this morning? And so I, I want us to kind of consider, because there's four areas that I think that we're undervaluing being rooted or being planted. I'm going to kind of go through these quick. Number one is in friendships. Wow, this, this generation, man, we just unfriend somebody. Come on. I mean, I'm using a social media term, but we do it in real life as well. Like that person takes me out, uh, whatever. I got other friends. And, and, and we don't, we don't, we just, we don't value and we don't understand that when you transplant from friendship to friendship to friendship, that you lose roots. It's not going to be the same. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like we're so quick to throw away relationships. Work. Like I said, what's the number one way to get a raise? Huh? Change jobs. We're, just, we're, we're doing this job until we get a better job. You don't think your employer knows that? You don't think your employer smells that? Come on, you ever been somewhere, go out to eat, and the hostess, she she owns the restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, like it's hers. You know what I'm talking about? You walk in, she's like, oh, my gosh, we have been waiting for you. Right? And, and that does the whole, and you, you're like, oh, this place is fantastic. Right? And then you've had the extreme opposite. You know what I'm talking about? What? What's the difference? The difference is a heart that's planted. The difference is a heart that says, this is where I am. I'm going to try to put some roots in. I'm going to do some... Did you know, and, and let me preach, and this is a lot going to be for young people today, but let me preach to young people. Do you know how long it takes to become an expert at something that you do for work? 10,000 hours. In other words, if you work 40 hours a week, it's about five years. Right? Now, listen, so hear me out. 
If less than every five years you're transplanting to a new job, you never become an expert at whatever you're doing. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Like, and, and I get it. Like your generation goes, are you kidding me? Because y'all are like swiping TikToks. Right? Like some of y'all got like a, a 40,000 $40, TikTok a day habit. But here, I want you to hear something. What's being programmed into you is something else, something else, something new, something new, something else. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And then we have a problem and we're struggling with the reality of the grind. Life, life's a grind. My tree's grinding right now. Right? Not producing anything. Some of y'all laughed at my tree. I just want you to know, hurt my feelings, hurt my tree's feelings. And you don't want to get laughed at in life, and you don't want anybody to talk about, but you're not grinding. You're not recognizing, I'm building roots, and nobody can see it because it's under the ground. But roots are being laid. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Another area that I think we're in there is in romantic relationships, right? We're just tendering for now. We're just having fun. Oh, it's complicated. Right? Listen to me. If you transplant yourself from romantic relationship to romantic relationship, romantic relationship, how in the world are you going to stay with one person? That's why over half of our marriages are failing. Because we've set ourselves up for failure in that particular area. I think we underestimate the cost of divorce. So let me put it to you in tree terms. We uproot this family that we've created and we tear it in half. And we replant. And then we have people come around us and we start to recover and we start to feel better. And then all of a sudden, we meet somebody else. And so we dig it up again and we graft it and we replant it again. And then we expect our kids just to, I don't know, be okay with it. Come on, church. I told you I was going to preach a little bit. And I know I'm stepping on toes. And I know I'm touching things that are, that are touchy for you. But we have got to understand the cost. A constant transplanting of our lives and never establishing roots and not, and not understanding what it means to flourish. My passion is that you would flourish. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And the fourth area is, of course, the church. I mean, golly, people are the number one reason people choose not to come to church. Because y'all are paying the butt. Come on, you're, you're weird. You say weird things. Right? Some stranger walks in off the street. Some some bubble from Lake County comes in for the very first time. How y'all doing? So, oh, Lord, how about we going to pray over you, brother? He's not scared. That's, he ain't coming back. Some of y'all have met me in person and been like, oh. I like him better on the stage. People are people, right? Listen to me. Count the cost of what it means to leave a church and go to another church. But don't get me wrong. Sometimes the soil is toxic in places, and you have to do the transplant thing. I get that. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But expect a dormant period. Expect the work to put roots down. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You're going to feel lonely at first because you don't have the roots that you had there. And you don't have the relationships that you had there. 
But here's what I can tell you. If you keep going from church to church to church to church, you're not going to have any roots. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Find the place and plug out, Pastor Mike. You're just saying this because you want the, a whole bunch of people to come to your church. No, I'll say this to you. Please go to another church and dig your roots in. This is not about Church of the Lakes. This is about you. This is about one word that we never use that we just read, flourish. That is my desire for your life. That is my desire for your kids. That is my desire for your marriage and my desire for your spouse, that you would flourish. Now, that's a weird word to say. If I said that in the gym, can you imagine? you imagine there's a couple meatheads that, that work out in the big gym, and every once in a while I go in there, and I'm working out, and he's, you know, here we are, all these big guys, you know, kind of thing. What if I look there and like, dude, you got gains, bro. You are flourishing. I'm going to leave that one right there. Anyway, listen to me. Listen to me. The transplanting mentality is really killing our culture. It's, it's, it's really hurting us. And so let me end. I want to give you three things. I'm, I'm, I'm going to close today. And, and I know I'm pushing. And I know I'm, I'm pushing a little bit. But I hope you hear my heart. My heart is it. And I want your kids to just kill it. You know what I'm saying? I want your marriage to be the marriage that all the kids go, man, I hope I have half that marriage when I grow up. That's, that's my heart for you. That's my desire for you. But it doesn't just happen. It's not a lottery. There's not going to be just one service that you come to and it's going to click and everything's going to be said, but you do die. This is not going to happen that way. So let me give you three signs of being planted. Three signs of being planted, and I'll close. Number one, that you're there in person for years. That you're there in person for years. What do I mean by that? Well, God's intention for us is face-to-face interaction. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? God's intention. It is the way we work best. Listen to me. You can do most of your life online these days, right? You can shop online. You can socialize online. I mean, you can do anything. I know, like, we used to have to run to the store. We don't run to the store anymore. What do you do? Amazon. Shows up my house the next day, Right? That's an issue because I used to go and invite cashiers to come to church. Try to me? I used to go and do this face to face. Listen, there's, there cannot be this, this scenario. And I think it started with, we started so, this social thing and we separated. And this is things called keyboard courage started. Right? We're now because I'm not looking at you face to face. Oh, I'm going to blast you. Oh, now, now because I don't have to have the consequence of losing a front tooth. I can just say whatever I want to say. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I've had people write things online about me. Some of you guys know me pretty well. So you'll go, yeah, I can picture you doing that. So I went talk to them face to face. And you can imagine when I walked out, they're like, hey. And here's what I said. Man, I must have done something to really hurt you, so I needed to come and apologize. And they go, and I, I am so sorry I wrote that. And I actually had one person say to me one time, I said, I don't know how to say this, but like, I almost forgot you were a person. Is, is that where we are culturally because we're so separated? Are you hearing what, you're, what I'm saying to you? And then the other part of that, 
is, is, is that we're in person, but four years is consistency. Consistency. Right? Not just in person, but consistently in person. When you transplant from season to season, when you make these transitions, it's why you're having issues in your own soul. It's why you're struggling with your emotional health. It's why you're fighting depression, because I don't have roots. Because I keep getting offended here and transplanting myself there. And then I get a bit, and then I transplant here, and then I, and that person at work, and I'm not doing that job anymore, and I'm doing this. And I wonder why our number one issue in the United States is mental health. I just told you why. Because we are a transplant culture. And I get this roommate and argue with them and fight. We don't talk anymore. And I get this in. And my life consists of transplanting. And then when somebody looks at, or when you look at your life and you see my tree, you're frustrated and you wonder, it's, a, it's about a root system. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's about roots. What would my tree look like if I transplanted it a couple times a year? All right, but let me put it into terms. And here I'm going to step on toes a little bit. But you know what? When school comes, there will be a number of people that we won't see at church for a while because it's ball season. There will be a number of people that we don't see anymore because all of a sudden the kids have this and that activity and they're playing travel ball. Can I just say something to you? I am so grateful for my mom. I was an excellent soccer player. I played semi-pro ball for a little bit. I think if I had had some more training, I could have played professionally. But you know that I never got to play travel ball. Not once. You know why? We played on Sundays. I'm grateful. And I'll tell you something right now. Your kids one day will be grateful when they had their foundation in the church and in God more than they did in a ball team. More than they did in an activity. Your kid does not need to be in every activity. Your kid does need to be in every church service. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Why? Because the roots have to be established in what's important. And so what do we see? We see young people that leave and don't go back to church anymore. And parents that are surprised. Why? Well, they were transplanted every baseball season. Come on, somebody. Right? Like, what are you rooting your kids in? What are you rooting your marriage in? What are you rooting your single life in? It is so important. God's church, I'm going to say it again, God's church isn't a destination for us to go to. It's an identity for us to embrace. The first sign of, 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 of being rooted is that you show up in person for years. Number two is that you're growing. You're growing. Right? Spiritually. Emotionally. Right? Intellectual, like you're growing in that process. Worship team, I'll come on up and help close in just a moment. So here's one I've gotten for years. People will come and just go, Pastor, well, I'm just not getting fed anymore. I'm just not getting fed anymore. Well, I think there's a misunderstanding there. Because this is not a trough and you are not animals. This is not the place you come and get fed. This is the place that the church gathers, and you get encouraged to be who you're called to be. 
Maybe you get challenged a little bit. Yeah. Am I pruning a little bit today? Yeah. For some of you, it's a little painful, and I've brought up some stuff. But listen to me. The Bible describes us as trees that are planted. Right? The pastor is scripturally called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. My job is not to feed you. My job is to equip you to do the ministry that you have been called to do. Can I say this to you? Your job is to feed yourself. Your job is to, is to feed yourself. Like, if your 13-year-old came to you and went, Mom, feed me. Cut my steak for me and put it in my mouth. You'd be like, boy, what is wrong with you? But that, that's... Once we come to know Christ, and don't get me wrong, when somebody first comes to Christ, we spoon-feed them a little bit. It's like, we, right? But there comes a point where, like, my growth is, is my thing. My tree is struggling right now because it hadn't put down roots. It's not struggling because of something that I'm not doing on the surface. Like, we're, we're watering it, and my neighbors are fertilizing it, and they've done all kinds of stuff. But it's struggling because it doesn't have deep roots. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you, church? So I'm going to put it out there just completely unashamedly. Life steps. We talk about them every week. They happen every month. Today is life step number two. It's where we talk about the vision of this church. If you haven't been to life steps, you need to come to life step two today and hear the vision of the church and ask questions. It'll take 45 minutes, an hour, and then we'll get you out of here. Right? I promise you the Baptists won't eat all the oak before you get there. Like, like, again, that's, that's roots. 21 days of prayer and fasting happens next month. Push in. Come on. Your kids need it. You need it. Your marriage needs it. Right? You, you, you need roots. I love my wife, and this December we'll get to celebrate 25 years of marriage. Right? 25 years of marriage. And sometimes that woman is such a pain in the hiney. She's not here, so I say that this morning. Yeah, I'm usually pretty perfect, but. But you know, we have been to counseling and I don't know how many marriage conferences and marriage retreats, and we've watched videos online and right now media and all this stuff. Why? Because we knew we needed deep roots because y'all, somebody, the winds of life are going to blow. And if that tree didn't have strong roots, come on, we saw someone go down when this storm came through. I don't want that to be your marriage. I don't want that to be your kids. Roots, roots. Get in a small group in September. I know you're busy. But if you're too busy to lay down roots, you're too busy to flourish. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like this, this, is, this is mission critical. We, we, Marcus came up with the idea of putting all kinds of some historical pictures of the church as they sang that last song. And it was so fun to watch, you know, and see some of that scenario. What is that? Putting down roots, y'all. And if the church is going to be the church, it's not because we come here with a lottery mentality going, Holy Spirit, bless me. Holy Spirit, touch me. Holy Spirit, do something right now. Honestly, we can do that stuff. But you know the ones that he touches and blesses and honors? The ones that have put down strong enough roots that they can handle what he gives to them. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? We've got, we've got to understand that. First Corinthians 3 and 6 and 7, I'm going to close. 
I've said that twice now. I'm going to say it twice more. I planted this seed in your heart. I planted this Paul talking. And Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting. Pastor Mike is completely irrelevant. I am. In your growth. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The third way we know we're planted is that eventually you're going to experience producing fruit. Eventually there's going to be something. There's a lot of us that are participating in church. And here's what happens. We participate in church. And we get active and we lay down some roots. And then some season comes. And we decide, okay, and we take ourselves out of church for a while. We dig up, we transplant somewhere else. Maybe it's not that long. Maybe it's just a ball season. Maybe it's just a few months or, you know, kind of thing. But here's what I can tell you that happens every time. You take that tree and you put it back in the same hole. You look the same and the people look the same around you, but it doesn't feel the same. Why? Because 70 to 90% of your roots got cut. You got it back to a starting place. So you've got to expect a season of a little bit of awkward, a little bit of frustration, a little bit of dormancy in producing fruit. But eventually, if you stay somewhere long enough consistently, the roots will grow that you might produce some kind of fruit. Are you, are, are you guys catching what I'm saying to you? The most important, or the most impactful, I should say, the most impactful individuals or families that I know are rooted. They're rooted. They've been in the same place for a long time, maybe even generations. And they've just said, you know what, this is where we are. Well, somebody asked me in the last couple of days about a calling on their life. You know, do you think this is a calling? Do you think this is something that I should do? And it was about a ministry somewhere. And I said, let me ask you a question. Do you have a heart for that city? And they looked at me kind of black stare, kind of like, I... I I hadn't thought about it. And I, and I said, listen to me. It, it's not about the person or the job or what they're saying to you. It's, is that what you're called to do? Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Like, so don't be so quick to uproot and go somewhere over a new possible opportunity because God's doing something right where you are. Now, let me stop here because I have stirred today some, some stuff. I get that. And when I talk about divorce... I'm not talking about kids. Some of you, I've stirred some regret up. I got it. I, I stirred up some shame. I stirred up some frustration, hurts. I, I got that. I want you to know that I recognize that this morning. What is the best time to plant a tree? If we had done it, the best time would have been 20 years ago. Amen? Because we'd be enjoying the fruit today. But what's the best time that's actually in our control today? Today. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow, you'll be one more day away from getting fruit. A week from now, you'll be a week away from getting fruit. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So maybe right now, if you're wrestling or struggling... Maybe the questions that you would ask yourself this week is, what are we rooted in? What am I rooted in? What am I rooting my kids in? 
wrote four questions I'm going to close with. Is my life rooted in something? Because some people, they aren't. Some people aren't rooted anywhere. We just kind of go into new next high to next high, next cool thing to next cool thing. I go to the next cool church to the next cool church to the next cool church. And at that point, you turn that bastard into a spiritual drug dealer. Right? Because you're just going to get a spiritual hit. And then you go on to the next place for the next spiritual hit. But are, are you rooted in something? And if so, what, if you're honest? Am I rooted in only work? That's why the family's sort of struggling. What, what, what am I rooted in? Here's another one. Am I growing spiritually, relationally, and emotionally? Am I growing spiritually, relationally, and emotionally? Why or why not? Am I producing fruit? Do I see why, why or why not? Is that the case? And then here's the last one. What does deeper roots look like for you? What, what does deeper roots look like for you? Is it settling in to that work? Maybe, maybe going to work tomorrow morning with a little bit different attitude. You know what? Set some roots in. This is now my business. These are my people. This is where God has placed me today. Right? Is it to come in just a few minutes? We're going to close and come join me in life steps. And let me tell you about this church. But if it's not, please stop going to church and go find the church that you can get planted in. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? This is not about building Church of the Lakes. This is about building you. This is this is the heart of our God that He wants to see you flourish. Come on, somebody. Does anybody want to flourish? Of course we do. Yeah, just like we want to lose weight. But nobody wants to get in the gym. <laughs> just like we don't want to lose weight, but we don't want to die. Are you hearing Same thing spiritually. This doesn't just happen. God is not like the... Remember the magic eight ball? Will she love me? Try again. Listen, listen this, is, this is about establishing roots. I need to read Psalm 92 with you and then close. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. That's what I want for your life. They will grow like the cedars of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. Let's pray. God, that is my prayer over every person in this auditorium this morning and anyone watching online. They would flourish. What you designed them to flourish. But God, if we're honest, we acknowledge this morning it is our own lack of discipline, self-control, vision, or focus that has us in a transplant mentality. God, would you heal that? Would you heal whatever it is inside of us that is striving so hard to chase after this next, newest, better thing? Find what it is that you have for us. And find the place where our family can grow and set roots and flourish in who you called us to be. God, for anybody here this morning who's never started a relationship with you, I just pray these simple words for them. Jesus, come into my heart. I surrender my life to you today.
I'm going to flourish. I'm going to get past my stuff. And I know you died on the cross that I can, and you forgive me of all of that. Thank you. From this day forward, I'm going to do my best to serve you as best as I can. I pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Hey, church. Hey, church. I hope you hear that word differently when I say, hey, church. Right? Now we're supposed to go to church. Right? Because we establish roots in this place. And amongst these people, we create this network that charges us up that we might go fulfill the mission that God has called us. Amen? Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.